1: The Acoustic Kick radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become
0: the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice.
2: The shit is madness,
0: well, this is Mr. Insanity, Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird.
2: Boom.
0: I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent. Spirit dragon Dragon of the Northeast. You listen to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason man.
2: Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Give a nigga a real quick cow, White All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but- Now look at that doc, you only fuck that. Black D, bullshit, man.
1: Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's
0: next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J.Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Jack
3: (laughs) Freeze. Motherfuck you, motherfucker, I said it's
4: cold outside Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio, I'm your host, Jay Cabmore It is my great honor to welcome to the show The one and only creator of CZW, the ultra-violent icon, John fucking Zandig
2: What's
3: up, brother?
4: Hey, what's going on, John? How you been?
3: All right same fight, different round. You know the deal.
4: Yeah, man. How's the show. So look, um, yeah. Um, thanks for you know, thanks for being on for sure. Um, got a lot to ask you, and it's been a while since you've been around. And nobody's heard anything from John Zandig. Um, and just want to you know, before we get up to up to date with the newer stuff. Um, when you first created CZW, it obviously it started off as a school. And you transitioned into making it into a company. At what point did you really go into pushing the envelope that you were really going to step it up?
3: I had no intentions
4: on doing a. Uh, I had
3: no intentions on being a promoter or doing shows. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this, but some people may have. Back when I had the wrestling school, it was in my. I was a construction worker, a contractor, so it was in the same building. It was to throw a ring up and have a school well my neighbors next door to me were doing Halloween shows during Halloween, and it was uh, mm-hmm. to raise money for a D.A.R.E. program so I was approached by the local police and they asked me if I would help out to raise money for the D.A.R.E. program and I said well what do you want me to do and they said well how about if you do wrestling shows while the uh, haunted house is going on and people, when they're standing in line, instead of just standing in line, they were able to stand in my building and wait for their turns to go through the through the haunted house. And then, as they got done, if they liked it, they could come back in, you know, and watch the show. And we right. did that for probably the month of October, I guess, or something it was. And it was it was multiple little shows. It was students. It was. Local people from the area just starting out, you know, wanting to get in the ring and do their thing in front of people, and that's how we started. And afterwards, when it was done, I still had no intentions, and it was uh, the phone was ringing. And back then, there wasn't as much media as there is now, but there, there was emails and stuff coming. Why don't you do more? It was great. Do more, you know. And one thing led to mm-hmm. another, and I said, you know what? Let's let's do this. And it was pretty easy with the handful of young. You know, original backyarders, the original uh, CZW guys that came to train at the school. Uh, it was very easy to transition, you know, with them, teach them uh, the right way to do everything they were doing. And, you know, and I had that, you know, I mean, I had the beginning. I had the, the heart and soul of CZW and then it was just built around them. And we did it together, you know. And, uh, one thing led to another. Yeah. and Yeah. So that's, that's yeah, kind of where it came I mean... from, you know.
4: You guys, you know, it, it was pretty early you guys started really pushing the envelope. Uh you did Pyramid of Hell, um, which I believe I forget if it was uh Dahmer who came on. Somebody had told me the the show wasn't even named until after the show happened for the you know, the VHS. But um mm-hmm. how did it come about the the spot through the roof with the tables on fire and raining thumb packs and all that? Uh,
3: that was uh I'll take the blame for that. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the or the pat on the back, whatever you want to call it. But uh, uh, I was sitting. Uh, we were working out, or the guys are working out in the ring, and I was sitting there, sitting, you know, in the gym. And I remember looking up, and it, it, the the skylight. It was actually it's actually like a fire hatch. It's a it's a it's a it's a big vent, like a door that opens up to allow. There's a fire to let the smoke out of the building or whatever. And I'm looking up at from the from the Floor and I was like, wow, you know, it'd be cool, somebody jumping through that friggin' thing during the show, coming down on top of somebody. And uh, I think it might have been pain, might have been there at the time when I said it. And I said, wow, Mm -hmm. I said, what do you think about coming down on top of Lobo through the skylight? Lobo wasn't even around; he wasn't even there. You know, we're talking about it, and uh, that's how we kind of came up with it. And then it was like, oh, we can that's like the table's on fire. And then it was, oh yeah, and I'll drop a bucket of of thumbtacks down through first so it'll get everybody's attention. They'll see that it'll look like rain coming through the skylight and then kind of drop down, you know, with it. And uh, (laughs) so this thing was all planned around Lobo laying up on top of there with these fucking tables on fire and uh, without him even knowing. But, you know, the trooper Lobo was when he came in, he's like, yeah, no problem. I'll do it. You know, So uh, that's, that, that's where it came about. The, uh, a a funny part, a funny part to that story was, you know, what we do, you know, in professional, in the old CZW days or hardcore guys, ultraviolet, whatever you want to call it. I don't know how other people do it, but we, we always try to be as safe as we possibly can in what we do. You know what I mean? It's almost like, Mm -hmm. you know we're trained we know how to take bumps and things some things are relevant you're getting hurt you know what I mean not maybe not major but you're getting cuts you're getting scratches you're getting bumps you're getting bruises but um I said all right we're gonna light the tables on fire the bottom three tables and then the two and then the one on top he's laying on he's not we're not lighting him on fire but the the flames will be burning up and they'll be all around them and it's going to be fucking awesome right so the whole thing gets done. We get in the back and it's done. All right, Lobo, you okay? You okay? You know, he's in the back. He says, "Yeah." He goes, "But oh my god, it was so fucking hot." He said, "Like he didn't get burned, <laughs> but we didn't really think about how hot what the heat was going to be. The bottom of the table felt like it was burning. He felt like he was fu- he was burning, uh, even though it, it was fast. You know what I mean? But he said it was just so fucking hot. The you know, we laughed about it, obviously, after because nobody was hurt, and Lobo being a trooper he is, you know what I mean? Uh, it was what it was, and uh, now it's it's history at this point. But i share a few little tidbits about it. Yeah.
4: Um, now, you know, it was a little bit while after that before I showed up. I started coming in uh, February 2001. You guys had been, you know, moved over to Champs by then. Um, I saw in Tom's River I went to a show where um, – is Blade and Burke, and they were doing a ladder match. It was similar to a lot of what you guys were already doing. And um, I'd, I'd never saw these guys before. Blade's doing his swantons to the floor in front of 50 people. You know, I mean, just, just crazy stuff that was rivaling what I saw the Hardys and Edge doing on TV and Edge and Christian. Right. And um, after the show, Cashmere's telling me immediately if you like this, you've got to go see CZW. I mean, you got to go. And he's starting to run down, and I don't know any of these guys' names, but he, you know, he threw out the Jerry Super Crazy, and said, y- "You got to go see these guys. You know, they top anything you saw here tonight." And um, so I headed down, and that was um, crushing the competition, and it was it was unmatched. I mean, I was hooked from the very first thing. Um, you know what was your what was your formula as far as putting that locker room together? where it gelled so well and I mean you had such a hunger to your locker room that's I think the biggest part of what's unmatched about today's, you know, Indies. Mhm. Um,
3: I was like I said, I started with a very good core of guys who did their thing in the backyard or close to it. Lobo wasn't actually like a backyard or like a Justice Payne or a Nick Gage. I mean they used to, they used to sell tickets to their backyard, you know what I mean? The Payne Gage uh, Blade used to do stuff on their shows and, and some of the other original guys. Lobo wasn't really a backyard, but he had his, you know, doing moonsaults off of porches and, you know, shit like that. So, you know, he played a little bit. So I had to this, be this group of core guys that had no fear. They really had no clue of what they were doing or how to do it properly, you know what I mean? But they had no fear. Another mm-hmm. thing with them, I think, was – I wasn't a big ECW fan. A lot of people think like i that's where we came from. That's where it started. its its It didn't come from that because I really wasn't a fan of ECW. I didn't really watch it. I was always a, a WWE, WWF guy, you know what I mean, back when I started watching. And uh, right. But all those guys, all those backyarders, they used probably used to be front row guys, you know, that needed ECW. So I think that's hmm. where their hunger came from. I think that's where their drive came from, you know what I mean? They they wanted to do what they were watching go on over in Philly. And then I think with me, I always tried to push it farther. And, and a lot of ideas that came out of, out of my mouth, they would always say, oh, yeah, Paul Paul Heyman did it. ECW did that. Or, oh, yeah, ECW did that. What the fuck, you know what I mean? Everything I would come right. up with, they say ECW did it. And it almost yeah. – turned into me probably happened to outdo what ECW did. You know what I mean? I mean, they raised the bar from, you know, WWE. I mean, they used to hit each other with frying pans, and people used to go crazy, you know what I mean, back in the day. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> sure. uh, you know, obviously we had to use something bigger or better than, than that. Uh, you know, you used to be take a moonsault, and for a cover, and you would get pinned one, two, three, the match would be over. And the next, you know, in ECW, he's got fucking super crazy. He's got to do three fucking moonsaults, you know what I mean, before they right. a cover. So not only in the hardcore sense, but even in just the wrestling and regular move sense, it couldn't be just one moonsault and cover. It couldn't be just a powerbomb and cover, you know what I mean, like Nicky used to do we call it the machine gun pile driver where you do the pile driver once, keep a hold of you, do another pile driver again, you know what I mean? It's like three pile drivers yeah. on you. So, you know, we we I think we kind of had to outdo what they did, but I never really was doing it from watching or knowing what they did, but from the, from the boys, I used to call my hardcore boys, all, all the young guys.
2: Yeah. And uh,
3: it kind of, they would fill me in on what, you know, what was going on over there or what they did. And then we just seemed to top you know what i mean most everything they did or we always went a little farther we took the whole whole thing a little you know a little farther
4: yeah um now you know um, a lot of
3: that's what the company was built around you know i'm saying it it was those guys and then uh and listening to everybody you got to have an open fucking mind you can't think you can do everything your fucking self i don't care who you are you could be vince mcmahon and have fucking all the money in the world you still can't do it yourself. You can go out there and act like a fucking egomaniac, and you can tell people you do it yourself. But you have got to allow other people into your world. You gotta, you gotta listen. You listen to what everybody. I don't care if your fucking janitor is sweeping your floor, cleaning out of the closet, and says, "Hey, I had this idea. I was talking to my ten-year-old nephew, and he said this." And it could be the mm-hmm. best fucking idea in the world, and turn into a fucking six-month angle. You know what I mean? So that's another thing with me: listening to what everybody had to say. And, and creating it all, CZW was us. It was never me. Right. It was us. I didn't get up on the fucking ropes and say fucking, Sendigo! you know, I got up and said, CZ fucking W, you know what I mean? And that's what right. it was. It was all of us. It was a fucking family. And and me becoming the promoter that I became, and, you know, and the father to some of these fucking kids, the friend to some of these these kids, and men at this time, you know what I mean? was, was we, we were a family, you know so it was easy. We were all bombed together, fucking blood, thicker to water kind of thing. I mean, mm-hmm. Unlike yeah. some other um, people and promoters
4: out there. Right. Um, now, you know, people use a lot of revisionist history and I'm constantly defending, you know, CZW's, you know, the old CZW stigma that people continue to throw on it. It was only death match. It was only death match. Um, just last week, DJ was telling me the same. It was just death matches and spots and I mean, the first defense. Is here's, here's, here's a fucking, there's a dude that used to fucking buy tickets and sit in the fucking
3: front row. That's all it right. was with death matches. Watch old tapes; you'll see him high-fiving fucking Ruckus. How many death matches has Ruckus been in? I know he's done a few, right. but Ruckus, by far, is not a fucking death match guy. So, I mean, just that's just straight ballface fucking lying. Once again, trying to this dude trying to put himself over, like. He did something, like he changed something. The only thing he changed was a lot of people's minds about what the fuck CZW is about. He didn't make fucking great wrestlers in CZW. CZW always had great wrestlers. CZW always had good high flyers. CZW had comedy. We've always had all of it. But what stood out from CZW and what made us different from other people was the edge. It was the fucking hardcore. It was taking the violence, you know what I mean, to to a whole nother level. But it wasn't all fucking night, and it never wasn't. For DJ to even fucking suggest that, how how fucking deranged is his fucking mind? So, go ahead. I'm sorry.
4: A little bit Yeah but uh, yeah like I, I was saying it, it, Best of the best is always one of my Biggest defenses towards that is You know best of the best didn't start when DJ Showed up as a matter of fact he took the best Of the best off he was the first one to not do One and um, You know what went into Beginning the best of the best tournament Probably You mean we? how did
3: that come about why did we Do it yeah Is that what, is that what your question is Mm-hmm. I would say because we had almost to prove to people, you know I mean? Almost to put it out there in their face that, hey, look, this is what we have. I mean, just because we do the hardcore, it gave the guys, the, the wrestlers and the high flyers and the fucking high spot guys and, you know, the strong style, whatever you want to call it, um, it, it gave them a chance to shine instead of it being about, you know, the, the ultra violence and it was never supposed to be about the ultraviolet. It's just, that's what fucking that what got is what got the attention. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it was really about letting our guys showcase what, you know, what they can do and not just in hardcore. And then back in the day, I used to try to bring a few people in from other, you know, from different areas with these best of the best guys. And, they would get the rub, you know what I mean? Those guys from out of, out of state or out of the country would get the rub for my guys and my guys would get the rub for them. And it was good for everybody. It was good for business. It was good for, it was good for all of us. Mm-hmm. So, and, and you know, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm a fan of it. I, 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 you know, I'm a fan of that too. I mean, I didn't, I didn't grow, I grew up watching WWF. I mean, you know, if there was blood, it was once in a friggin' blue moon, you know? But uh, on the contrary, right. what some people would say. All
4: right. So then, um, you know, 2002, you, you go into the ECW arena as it, at it's as it's labeled, and you pretty much make it your own. I mean, you, you guys went in there and you just started taking names. Um, you know, some of the the stuff you were doing in there was stuff ECW didn't even scratch the surface of. Um, the no rope barbed wire match that you did with Lobo. Um, it started out as an angle where Wife Beater was supposed to be in the match and then he got injured and pulled out and you come in through the door and, and the two of you put on, in my opinion, the best no rope barbed wire match in all time. Um Was that how was that
3: show that called all... Deja was that called Deja Vu or or, or no? Yeah that, that one... yeah. yeah. Well I, I I you know, I don't pat myself on the back all the time, but I will I will agree that I think that was a great barbed wire match. And I also will tell you that I never seen the other famous barbed wire match, Terry Funk and Sabu. And if really? you watch that Terry Funk and Sabu match, it, it, it's almost like I watched it after people told me you have to watch that that match. It almost looked mm-hmm. like we watched, I watched that match before our match and tried to fucking duplicate it when I called the show deja vu. I mean, from getting way right. I got cut. Shabu, there was duct tape, I think, involved. I mean, there was there was things that happened in both those matches, and the deja vu name—it was unbelievable because it almost—that's what it was. It was like we took that match that happened, you know, I don't know how many years before, and almost like we did it again. And it wasn't—it wasn't like that. But I, I actually—I'm like, holy fuck! I said, this almost looks like you know the same thing here. So, uh, but again, not to go off and take you off the, the spot, but. I just always uh, I always felt that about that match. But I did like it, and I liked our match better.
4: Yeah. Um, now, you know, how did the, the whole situation come about where, you know, White was going to be, you know, supposed to be in the match, and then it, you know, it kind of, you know, swerved into you coming in the front door?
3: If I, I believe White really got hurt, didn't he? I believe he had a shot. I thought he had a shoulder issue.
4: Right. But I mean, was that match scheduled to go down that day, or was it really supposed to be beater? I believe it was supposed to be beater.
3: I think it was. I think, but I think his—I think he had a shoulder. He had—he had shoulder issues throughout uh, CZW. Whether it's times he had, to, I did. I did as well. We kind of had to freaking rotate around our
4: shoulder problems. But uh, yeah,
3: yeah. If I remember, I mean, you're you're going back a ways, and I, I'm uh, I'm not getting young. So uh, I, I don't. I, but I I don't. I don't. I think it was. I think it was supposed to be white beer, and I had to get in there. It's almost like the the time with Necro. I believe it was in Delaware. I don't know if it was in, in one of the tournaments or not. But uh, somebody missed a flight or something and didn't show up. And me and Necro, I wound up having to jump in the match last minute and uh, do a, a match. I think it might have been in the tournament. I had to do a match with Necro down in Delaware, and I thought that yeah, match tournament, uh, that. went very well. You know, last minute. Don't remember what show, don't remember the date, but I do remember that it was uh, that it went well. I thought I thought it went good, and sometimes that is what goes good. I mean, you know, somebody stepping up to the plate, you know what I mean, at last minute and doing something, and, and you're like, oh my god, oh my god, but you go out and then you do it, and it's fucking off the hook. Where you got another angle that's been going on for you know three months or six months, and you had all this time, and you think it's going to be great to go out and, it, and it's you know sometimes it doesn't turn out the way you want it to. You
4: know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to jump around a bit, but um, so in 2002, you know, you also brought in um, the Messiah and this, this sparked, you know, a great feud that he had with uh, Justice Payne and then stemmed into him and Mondo, but it also sparked a big situation between XPW and CZW. Um, how did that whole thing go down on your end? Cause I mean, it was, you know, even from a fan standpoint, we watched, uh, you know, them try a hostile takeover on CZW's territory, their talent, everything.
3: Yeah, well, it didn't work. Just like I said, it wouldn't work. It just took It just took us a couple, minutes, a couple months for him to start bouncing checks and get him the fuck out of here. Rob Black's a fucking scumbag. Didn't know him, didn't know anything about the guy. All I know is that he, you know, when he tried doing what he was doing, he wanted to be, I believe, that guy wanted to be Paul Heyman fucking first and then he decided he wanted to be fucking John Zandig and he couldn't be fucking either one. Um, as far as Messiah goes, uh, that was a Justice Payne idea. He asked me to bring Messiah, and the only thing I knew about Billy was seeing his bloody face in magazines. I knew nothing about him uh, at the time. Not a big fucking, not a big follower of independent wrestling. Uh, not a big, uh, you know, not a DVD guy. I'm not a fucking internet guy, so I was never out there looking. I don't know who's out there, you know. I'd pick up magazines. I'd get up and Martin, the cheap magazine store, and I'd fucking, you know, Come through the magazines. I was a fan like everybody, you know, when I was young.
2: Even when I was
3: older, you know, mm-hmm. as a grown man, I would stop in and thumb through. And, and i see Billy's face all bloody in there. Didn't know much about him until I knew. And, uh, but Payne asked me to bring him in. I believe he was the one that kind of spoke for him and said, yeah, we got to get this guy. So, uh, that's what we did. And I don't know if that was after him and Black had fallen out. I don't know what happened, why, you know, why the time, the time was that we brought him. But we flew him in, uh, Picked him up the airport. He brought him by my house. We shook hands. I said, "Hey, how you doing, brother?" You know, blah blah blah. And I think he went and uh, stayed with Justice Payne for you know a few days, and that's where that started. And obviously, you know the uh, uh, the, the thumb issue where Rob Black had the uh, the two uh, wrestlers go in and cut his. They were trying to cut his dick off, but they wound up getting one of his thumbs anyway. So we know. Right. I know about that, and I think that bonded CZW and, and, and Billy, and uh, the fans bonded with Billy. You know, I think we all kind of, you know, I mean, we all bonded at that point from the fans, the wrestler, you know, the, the family. You know, back then it was a family, and we all, we all bonded. And it was a hell of a hell of a time. You know what I mean for for everybody. It was fucked up for Billy because he's fucking dumbless at this point. But uh, I think it brought. Fans and wrestlers and everybody it brought us brought us all together, and it was, it was a good feeling back then. I mean, like again, I'm sorry what happened to fucking Billy, but definitely brought us together. Um, yeah. Another thing about Rob Black—he did the—you uh, know—he came to the arena. He promised the fucking arena of the world. I was—I uh, I was always supposed—I was always working towards taking the arena over completely, renting the building myself, not having fucking anybody else except there's a, there's a couple lawyers that actually own. That dude, Roger, he doesn't own anything. There's a couple lawyers, Leon, and I forget the other partner's name, maybe Eli. And uh, I've met with them multiple times. And uh, they had the bingo in there, and a bingo made them about $4,000 a month. And then anything other than the bingo, like, you know, when ECW was there, they made money off ECW. If they did anything else, they made that money. And I was always waiting for the fucking bingo to fucking bail because that would be my time, you know what I mean, to get the building. And, uh... Eventually, it got to the point where bingo was still in there. It wasn't as as good as it was, but then Rob Black started. I was hearing shit about Rob Black, so I went to fucking Eli and Leon, and uh, I offered them $8,000 a month, I believe it was, for the building. Now, the, the bingo was paying, I think, 4000 so that means we had to come up with the other four. So between the wrestling school and doing shows, we still had to come up with a big nut, you know what I mean, to pay for the building. yeah. And uh, Rob Black comes in, and it made no fucking sense, but he came in and offered him a $60,000 security deposit and the same $8,000 a month. Well, Uh I said, I'll give you a $20,000 security deposit. And they fucking went with Rob Black. Rob Black came in with suit and tie. They were carrying, believe it or not, they were carrying one of those metal fucking briefcases like you would see Vince use, you know what I mean, for one of his fucking <laughs> yeah money matches or something. They were walking around like they were, you know, the big deal. He went in with a big story. We got a lot of money. We're going to do big things down there and all this. And I told the lawyers, I said, no, this guy's going to rip you off. This isn't going to work. I said, what is the difference? Why are you giving this guy the building? It's a big security deposit. The frigging one. As long as he pays his fucking rent, you know what I mean. You you're, you don't need a big security deposit. Anyway, the fucking security deposit check bounced, so I got worried about that right away. But, you know, you can't just throw you can't just throw somebody out immediately. You know what I mean? It takes time. You got to go through procedures. So I mean, I, I believe they are only there for what three months, maybe. Something like that, I think. Yeah, so, like, we Get wound that. up we wound up moving back in, but not before I went and fucking rented another building and fucking put a ton of money into it, like getting bathrooms working, fixing exit lights, and cleaning the place. You know, that was at 61st and Passion. You know, was that place was a shithole, but we found, right. you know, we had to find a place. So once again, that was just another block wall that fucking me and CCW ran into where we had to fucking quick you know, Bob and Weave and do whatever we had to do to keep the fucking shows going. So we did and and then as soon as Rob Black was out, we wound up back in the building. Now I had to deal with fucking Roger. So I basically I got fucked again. Instead of them just giving me the building like we talked about, now this Roger guy comes in the picture and he decides he's gonna rent it and he's gonna manage the fucking building. So that's what uh that's what uh yeah, that that's, been, what, uh, that's he what began there.
4: Okay. Um, yeah, and I guess when they were when they were in there, they got the floor painted black, right? Yeah, I think they did something with the floor. They did
3: a few different things in there, trying to make it their own. I guess.
4: Yeah, I, I remember coming back in there in the and a fan being like, "Oh, well, thanks for the fucking floor paint." <laughs> you know, we're back. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So, um, besides XPW, um, as I earlier mentioned um you know johnny cashmere initially had you know put me on to czw said hey you know you gotta go see this now obviously you know johnny at some point did he get was married yet hey, did he did, what, did he marry that dude yet i don't know i don't know if he oh, got married to anybody i, I think he blocked yeah, me I heard, I heard he was marrying some dude named ralph or something yeah. go ahead um but he was, you know, he was a CZW guy at some point. You know, he was he was definitely pushing the company and telling people about it and everything else. How does he go from that to trying to bury the company, starting his own fed, and all of this? And you know, where did the because where did it all turn bad?
3: I'm going to tell you to say almost the same thing I just told you. Johnny Cashmere wanted to be John Zan. Mm-hmm. just like Rob Black wanted to be fucking Paul Heyman or John Zan. You know what I mean, I, he, you, you're not bigger than the fucking company. I'm not saying that to put myself over. Uh, when I say John Zandig, I should be saying they wanted to be CZW. Nobody in CZW was bigger than fucking CZW. Not me, not fucking Johnny Cashmere, not the fucking late great, rest his soul, Trent Acid. Nobody. It was everybody together that made fucking CZW. And every time somebody left, even down to somebody like fucking Cashmere, who was the tag team partner of Trent Acid. Every mm-hmm. time somebody like that left or tried to fucking think they were better than, you know, somebody else, I would, you know, i make the comment it don't matter. They go, we fucking fill the spot and we keep on going. But it's not it, it, It's not as easy. It's easy to say that. You know what I mean? But it's not as easy to do. You know what I mean? Even though mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't like let on to the guys, or let on that you know this was any kind of a problem but you know it, it is it, it's a fucking it, it, it creates waves it creates tension and pressure and, and uh, you know and then you've got to fill that spot so anytime anything like that happened he, even even with Kashmir, like i said he was, uh, he was just a partner of Trenate. but you know it, it it causes it causes problems it makes you difficult you got stories built around people or you know and they were a good tag team no doubt i'm sure nobody would fucking disagree with that you know they had they had their shit going um but he just he thought he was bigger than the company and and he wasn't there's a lot of people who thought they were bigger than the company over the years and you may, you'll you probably bring up some other names as we're talking I'm sure i could but uh
4: your show so right. you, you should go sure um so, you know, you had a bunch of people jump between, you know, the PW deal and, and the XPW deal. You know, Payne jumped at some point. Payne was like the, the guy, yeah, Payne, you know. Payne got, Payne got, Payne, Payne got paid $5,000 to jump out. Payne was
3: in a uh, – he was buying a house, and his mortgage guy fucked him at the last minute. And what sucks about it is I'm the one that introduced him to the mortgage guy. He was, like, at the settlement table, and the guy says, oh, you've got to come up with, you know, I don't know if the number is exactly 5,000, so don't quote me on it. But, and I, I'm not trying to put Payne's personal business out there, but I was part of this situation. And um, right, he, uh, they told him, you've got to come up with fucking, like, five more grand or you're not going to get this house type of a thing. And uh, I didn't know anything about this, and I, he never told me nothing about it. I did get wind that he was going to jump boat. And I didn't know why. I didn't know what the reason was, or what how much money was involved, or whatever. Uh, I did find I did find that out later, and uh, that's basically what it was. Rob Black paid him a bunch of money. We could have done it differently. You know, he could have came to me and said, "Hey, I got a fucking situation, and I'm gonna fucking do this deal where I'm gonna go out to California and I'm gonna work with fucking Black or you know whatever, and he's gonna fucking pay me a bunch of money." But I'm just going to do it for a fucking couple months, and I'm going to get the fuck out of there. You know, he could have basically took, you know, took him to took him for his fucking money and left, and came back to WCW. He could have been an inside guy, you know, back in the day, kind of like WCW, uh, WWE, where there's always somebody inside leaking fucking information out, which made for fucking great wrestling, fucking history. As far as I'm concerned, it was probably the best wrestling ever was on TV with the WCW WWE uh, war going on, but. He just, you know, he he's another one. He's got the attitude, you know what I mean? He's fucking that attitude in the ring. He walks down the street with that too. So, but anyway, we, right. we, we, we swept it under the rug. It went away and I get it. You know what I mean? I know why he did it. I just wish he would have did it differently.
4: Um, you know, what was your overall thoughts on Payne? Cause I mean, you dealt with them since he was a young guy. Um, You know, he, he was somewhat of a cruiser when he, when he was first with you, um, Got a lot bigger. He became kind of like the heavyweight champion staple in CZW. A lot of people criticize his wrestling ability and everything, but, you know, he had become a a really, you know, good character within CZW. I mean, what was your, you know, thoughts on him overall? I um, mean,
3: think. What the fuck's the word? on? You know, like an ego. He's got an ego, like an egomaniac type of dude. Very, uh, you know, nose in the fucking air type, you know what I mean, in a way. But at the same time, I mean, he was he was a company guy. He wanted good for the company. I'm not I'm not gonna knock him for that. You know what I mean? That he never, I don't think, he ever wanted bad. You know what I mean? He always he was mm-hmm. always trying to come up with ideas. He that he's the one to push me to go on TV. We gotta get on TV. Got on TV like ECW. I'm telling you, man, I used to be there. You know, and that, and that's what made them. And uh, he's really. He was a big pusher. Uh, like I said, I didn't about a I didn't, but uh, he was one uh, always trying to push me, steer me towards like that direction, that route, that path, I guess, that them guys took. Um, as far as wrestling ability goes, I mean, he came from the backyard. He didn't know a whole lot. I'm not a fucking huge fucking wrestler, all kind of, I'm not a man of a thousand moves. You know what I mean? I'm not one of them fucking dudes. Never was, but when you're showing somebody, you teach somebody what to do in the wrestling business. They've got to know how to bump. You teach them how to bump. You teach them how to protect themselves. You teach them the right way to stand, the right way to walk around the ring, or what arm to work, what leg to work, how to do a headlock, how to do a takeover. Like, it, it's not a whole lot of things when it comes to basics. And I used to tell people, I said, what you get here is the basics. And where you take these basics from here, it's up to you. You know, how far Mm -hmm. you take it And where you go beyond the basic You take these basic moves And then all of a sudden you're doing fucking swanton's And fucking, you know, all these other things Um, Justice Payne was one of those ones When you tell him how to do it right He still wanted to fucking do it his own way (laughs) No matter what you you would tell him Um, He was also left-handed So in the wrestling business It's always supposed to be right-handed clotheslines So everybody knows the fucking arm's coming from the right you know where you're going to put your fucking neck. Now you right. got. And I used to tell him. I used to tell him. I said, when you become a big fucking superstar, you can do whatever the fuck you want. I said, but you need to tell the people you're working with in the ring. It's you're throwing a left hand clothesline because otherwise it's going to be a fucking mess. You're going to be running into each other. Um, but yeah, he 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 just couldn't get couldn't get away from the fucking left hand, clothesline, and things like that. But uh, as far as ability, I think he put a lot in. It. He put a lot of time into it. Chris was big on taking bumps. I remember he used to, when he first started taking bumps. He used to have, a, have to put a diaper down the back of his pants because his you know because he wasn't bumping right because his you know was his like uh, I don't know what the fuck you call it you know like your your ass bone I guess you know what I mean. His lower back was sore. Cause he wasn't. You know, pointing his pelvis up high enough when he was taking the bump, and he used to have a diaper in the in the back. But he would go right through the pain, though. Man, he would fucking keep going and and always trying something new, always trying something different. I remember he did the first. Remember the inside out moonsault he used to do. He'd stand on the second rope and kind of go back in the ring. I know a lot of people yeah. do it now, but back then when he did it, he was the only one that did it. He was always trying, trying you know different things and. and practicing hard so i mean he deserves any kind of credit he got and and where he got in the business you know what i mean that type of thing so i'm I'm not going to knock him for that but he is a little uh he is a little arrogant fucker right
4: um now you know one of the big uh criticisms and you know big uh spotlighted match of his is because you know the guy became so big um was cm punk you brought in punk um it, it didn't work out the chemistry wasn't there um he has only ego bigger
3: than fucking Justice pain in a locker room. <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: Is that what yep. it, was? it was? I know no exactly what you're talking about, ego. and 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 he made a comment, uh, and, he, and he's absolutely right. Somebody read me something he put online. I don't know how long ago it right? was. They like CZW, and he was like <laughs> thumbs down or something. I heard, and uh, and then he uh-huh. told him what happened, and he he told him half of what happened, but he's at the fucking building all day. And I brought him in because fucking Payne might have asked me to bring him in. We did the whole Pepsi. Remember he had the, now he's got a million tattoos, but he had the little Pepsi tattoo on his arm. We had right. Robo up on the fucking stage drinking a can of Pepsi. Like, that was a big hint to everybody who was coming. We had somebody coming. I don't even know if anybody picked up on it, but uh, we thought it was pretty cool. And uh, mm-hmm. anyway, he gets to the building. He's standing around, walking around with his nose. Fucking air, let this shit fucking Payne's going, yo, we, we need to talk. Let's come a lot. Let's talk. You know, this is a huge match for Payne. He, you know, he thinks this guy's great. He wants to fucking, uh, you know, have a great match with him. And the dude don't want to fucking, he ain't talking. He ain't talking. So Payne goes, to me, he says, John, he said, you know, fucking, me ain't talking. So I thought, like, oh, yo, you've bringing me. up a little bit, man. I said, yeah. uh, I said you got to get in here and talk to this dude. I to in so we you just know what's going on. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll be driving here. there. Another half hour, hour goes by, Payne comes up. John, this fucking dude still ain't talking. He ain't doing nothing. He's still walking around his
2: toes. So finally he decides,
3: all right, I'm going like to locker. to dressed him and Payne tried to talk. And uh, But it was so late. And then he went out and had a match. And the match wasn't good. Even if the match was over, Kane got on the microphone and tried to put the kid over, saying, this is the kind of talent we need here. I don't remember the match. You might remember it. Cause it wasn't good. It could have been, it might not have been the worst match you've ever seen, but it was no years than it should have been. And the kid came right. up to me and says, uh, oh, what you think. I said, it was horrible. And he looked at me like this, look. I said, watch the tape. We'll see what it means. And that was it. And I never wanted to fucking see him again. And the next day I met, was over like Rover, on fucking uh, you know, with Vince. And uh, so something worked out for him. But when it came to c w he went with attitude, and he left with with worse of attitude. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know what I don't know what his reasoning was. It was almost like he was. I don't know. It was almost like it was done intentionally. You know what I mean? It really, it really was. It was almost yeah. you know, like that was saying with Kane, but where me and Payne could have talk before he went up there with XDW, and we could have a little inside thing on. It's almost like he came in wanting not to be that good, or almost trying to make Payne look bad. I mean, that's, that's what I got out of it, but whatever, you know. He went on his way Now He's trying to be an MMA guy, and that's, that's not going to work, so I imagine he'll be back with Vince
4: eventually, but um, yeah, so that's what happened with that kid. Yeah. Um, so, uh, back to, you know, 2002, um, you started up the, the Tournament of Death, which, you know, ended up it's still going and everything and um, ended up being a really big deathmatch tournament. Other than um, taking a deathmatch, I don't think there was really any deathmatch tournaments going on before. There's a ton of them now. Um, but, you know, what was your thoughts going into, you know, starting up a deathmatch tournament?
3: I'm going to say the same I'm going to say the same thing as with the uh, with the, the best of the best on the opposite, where we did death matches. We didn't call them death matches, but we did hardcore stuff or ultraviolet stuff, and we also did the other stuff. So this was the opportunity for our hardcore guys to, you know what I mean, to get over and and show everybody what they do. And mm-hmm. also the hardcore stuff, in the wrestling we don't make much money in the wrestling business. You know, nobody does. But the hardcore stuff also sells videotapes. So I'm pretty sure part of my method to that business was that that would sell videotapes, which helps keep the company going. You know what I mean? The um, yeah. best of the best was never as good a seller. The best seller would be the tournament tape. So uh, letting the guys do what they do, for one. And then, obviously, uh, we knew that that's what sold. It sold tapes, so that was uh, that's pretty much where that came from. Did, the, did where the it's going and where it went over the years? Um, it's a whole different story now.
4: Yeah. Um, did the tournament of Death? You know, doing the deathmatch tournaments make it harder to push like uh, your deathmatch main events on a regular show? I'm gonna say
3: I'm gonna say no when it came to storylines, but. If you were just a deathmatch fan and all you wanted to see was that ultra violence and see the blood and the guts and all that stuff, then it would be a problem. You know what I mean? It would be a problem for, you know, because you're not going to want to come to every show because you don't care about the rest of the stuff. But I think most of our people wanted to see everything. You know what I mean? And then most of the stuff that happened in the tournaments, there were some stories, you know what I mean, going into tournaments, but mostly there weren't you know what I mean storylines and angles like you know me and Lobo had a 17 month fucking angle that went on it's like my opinion one of the best <laughs> biggest longest running angles of all time
2: uh, in Absolutely. wrestling
3: anywhere you know and uh so that worked and me and him had a series of different like I uh, there was barbed wire there was cages there was you know there was a lot of different things that happened in between so uh, as long as you had some kind of story going along with it, and I'm not a fucking writer, so, you know, all my stories weren't great, and, you know, and as I move forward now on this new fucking journey that I'm on, they're not all going to be great, but I've had more good than bad, and I just hope to be able to, you know, recreate that same fucking fire over
4: again, you know. Sure. Here. Um, So, you know, one of my favorite cage of deaths um, you just touched on was You and Lobo, Cage of Death 4, I mean, you guys, you really tore it up. One-on-one cage matches. Um, There's few and far between of them anymore. For the most part, they do multi-man matches, which is fine. But one-on-one, you guys had the story behind it, and the match just completely came together. It was one of the biggest shock moments when Lobo had you on top of the cage. You got the stuff set up in the ring. You think he's going to dive in the ring. He turns around and just dives off the side with the DVD right in front of me. It just—it right. was mind-blowing. Like, you know, so many spots are telegraphed. You see it coming. They set it up. They do it. That just came completely out of nowhere, and it gave that shock value. You know, what went into that match? Because you guys really, I mean, put it on another level as far as KJ Deathslam.
3: It was Dan big and Lobo, brother. <laughs> yeah. it You know what I'm saying? It had to be. I had to fire the bump machine in there. You know what I mean? You got Lobo to fucking... You know what I mean? You do you, you can't go wrong. Well, you're not gonna see a whole lot of headlocks and fucking hurricanes going on, you know what I mean? But you're, you're gonna see good bumps. And I, I remember exactly what happened in front of you that you saw that. We well, knew that's exactly mm-hmm. what the fuck was supposed to happen and that was exactly the way you were supposed to feel when that happened.
4: Yeah. So,
3: uh I'm not a you know, people say wrestling is scripted you know everybody everybody thinks wrestling's scripted. Wrestling's entertainment. There's no fucking secret anymore. You know what I mean? It's not it isn't fake per se, especially my CZW or what I do, it's not fucking fake. Uh, as far as being scripted what I do, I don't script when I do a promo. I don't script or look at notes when I'm fucking talking to you on the phone. I don't script and have a match when I go in the ring. I may talk to somebody a little bit where you know we do this Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we can get this in there. Or we can get that in there, and then we go in and we do it. And that's fucking how it goes. Well, most everything you see in between what I'm doing is just happening in that ring. You know what I mean? We're going with it, and we're working off of you people. If you people are fucking behind it, you know what I mean. It, it gives us that much more energy, and makes us even go harder. You know what I mean? And 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 it makes us better at what we do. Right. Um, so that cage match to do. You know that spot with you, that was like something I, look, we're going to do somewhere in there. We're going to do this, you know, and, and it
4: happened and I'm glad you were there for it. And, and you got to feel what we wanted. you to do. Right. Um, the next cage of death was, you know, the one that most people talk about is the best cage of death ever. You went with the multi-man match. You went with the biggest structure. It's still, still to date. I don't think it's ever been matched as far as the biggest structure and you know, you did the two rings. You did the suspended cage over the top, a million thumbtacks. Um, well, do you, do you know do you know where that why do you know why that happened? Do You know why that know why
3: that cage was suspended?
4: Well, based on the angle with the suspended over the ring, right?
3: Why was it suspended over the ring? You've been around for a long time. This this is something I don't even know if people get this. You'll
4: I'll, you'll
3: know where I'm going in a second. But You know why the cage is suspended? Right. Why? Well, you were
4: suspended with the hooks
3: exactly so it was fucking it was payback to these dudes for suspending me now everybody i had 114 people call the athletic commission after fucking that show this is not wrestling this is disgusting it's this it's that blah 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 that was one of the best things i ever did and one of the worst things i ever did at the same fucking time but no it wasn't wrestling it was an angle it was. it was. It was an angle going into the fucking biggest fucking cage match, and you just said it, possibly of, you know, all times. There was fucking major bumps in there. The fucking cage was suspended. I was suspended. It all fucking made sense, you know what I mean, at that point. Uh, and that, that pisses me off when you get people rushed to judgment and fucking say stupid shit about something you did. Give it a fucking chance. See where it's going. Maybe it's going to make sense. No, it wasn't a headlock right. or a fucking hip toss. Yeah, I got hung in the middle of the ring, but and look what they got out of that. You know what I mean? For for those people who called up complaining, fuck you, you fucking idiot. We gave you one of the best fucking cage matches of all fucking time. All right, go ahead, brother. Yeah.
4: And um, you know, even in that match, you brought in New Jack, who you know definitely wasn't someone I ever thought you'd be working with, and by the end. It became apparent that it wasn't a guy he'd be working with. Um, how did the whole thing with New Jack go down and fall apart? As soon as New Jack's entrance music
3: stops, that's the end. That's what happened. His music's fucking good. People get behind it. He's got the fucking look. He comes in doing his fucking thing, and then as soon as he's fucking time to take a clothesline, Jesus Christ! I'm sure you've seen it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I just, just just don't know. He jumps from high places. You know what I mean? Or he used to. I mean, Christ, he jumped off the cage on me. I got nothing but knees in my fucking chest. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what happened there. That's just goes. That's an, an old DCW guy that was over, like, you know, anything. That came in and tried to do what we do, and uh, he just didn't fit. Yeah. You know, he, he, just, just, he, I, he just didn't fit. He, could, he, he don't do what we do.
4: Right, because it seemed like you were trying to stretch it out at that point. Where um, I don't know if it was a little while after that you brought him back in, but um, it seemed like you were leading him towards like a tournament of death thing. But then that completely just dissipated. I believe he had a.
3: a I tried him again, and we did a match. And he fucking didn't. He didn't he cry and complain that I was stiffing him and hurting him, and I didn't protect him. Isn't that? Wasn't that going on way back when? Yeah, I think so yeah that's that's why yeah <laughs> um he's he's not he's not fucking c z w you know what i mean he's not and you know i get you know, i get along with the guy great we did some shit out in California I didn't have to work with him, but we stayed at the same hotel and we were doing some shit uh i forget we did some show and some stuff. Uh, years ago, after that whole thing, after his shoot interview where he does, oh, fuck, you fuck you, fuck your mama, and you know, all that shit he says is funny. And then mm-hmm. uh, we wind up out there, and it's like, oh, Andy, what's up, brother? You know, we're all buddy buddies, but it's great. Yeah. Let him go, make his money, do his entry. I love his fucking entrance. I love what his music plays. I like when he comes out and all that, but it's, once the music stops, it's like, oh, what the fuck.
2: <laughs> but, uh,
3: um, there's, there there's, there's, so, there's more to, it. he doesn't even know, there's more to me in him fucking, just something that happened where he was talking shit on my young kid many, many years ago. Me and him almost fucking went at it. And uh, he doesn't, didn't remember. I always told him, I said, one day I'm going to tell you who I am. Because he didn't remember who I was, I know who he was. And we we almost went, I never did tell him, I said, I'm going to tell you one day who I am. Said, tell me, man, like, yo, what are you talking about? I said, well, I'll, I said, one day, I said, I'm going to tell you who I am. Still to this day, he doesn't, he he don't know. He doesn't, he doesn't put two and two together, but yeah, me and him were fucking, we're ready to go at it. If there wasn't people holding, uh, if there wasn't people holding me and him back, he would have got wrecked. All right, let's get off
4: of that. All right. Um, Another guy you don't like, um, and I don't personally either. I've had some different people, um, you know, talk a bunch of shit online to me because I I refuse to defend him or, or accept what he does or he's done. Um, Rob Feinstein. Um, back in I think 2002, he started up Ring of Honor. Um, rumor had it he wanted a bigger part in CZW and was told no, and that's what led to Ring of Honor. Is that what happened?
3: That's, exa- that's exactly where it came from.
4: Yeah. Before
3: I knew he was a pedophile, I uh, you know I did business with him. He used to film my shows, uh, and then, right. you know money. What well, money wasn't right. I didn't like business dealings weren't going good. So, you know, we negotiated and it didn't work out. I said, all right, see ya done. And, uh, I smart Mark was trying to get in with me. Smart Mark. guys used to be in the front row watching CCW probably, I don't know if you remember that or not, but before they filmed our shows, they were, uh, front row watching. And, um, they sent me, uh, they sent me, uh, excuse me, samples of what they do. And I don't think they were ready for us at first, but then as time went on, I, uh, I, I went from Feinstein, and I used one or two other people. Uh, I believe I tried a couple of people, but then I wound up with like at smart mark, and uh, you know I stayed with them. But in the meantime, Feinstein, he was always trying to get back in one way or another, I wanted to get involved. John, I want to have a meeting with you, acting like you wanted to do big things. And every time I met with the dude. It was always what I could do for him. It wasn't what he could do for the company. He didn't, you know, he didn't want to put nothing in to help us expand and move out. He just wanted. He always, he was like, he always wanted in for nothing. You know, it was like he just.
2: Mm-hmm. He is,
3: I guess, but uh, so I never, I never really did business with him. So yeah, he started Ring of Honor, and uh, he really fucked up the independent wrestling uh, paydays. And I'm not saying guys don't deserve to get paid when you're on the independent level. I'm not saying you don't deserve to get a, a decent wage, but. There's not a lot of money in that, you know, you got to understand that. So, you know, we sell T-shirts, we sell pictures, we do things like this. I used to do autograph signing. I used to do more autograph signing when I was a fucking icon than I did Wrestle. You know what I mean? It made good money doing
4: it. Yeah. So, did Ring of Honor make it anyway. a lot harder as far as competition and all yeah, that when yeah. it showed up?
3: Yeah. Yeah, where I'm going with this is what he did was he went around and... Basically, kind of did what what, what uh, Vince's fucking daughter's husband's doing now, uh, you know, in a smaller way. But Vince uh, Stein Feinstein went around, um, and he was try he would try to buy up, you know, the top guys out of every fucking company, out of every indie company around. He would fucking offer them big money, you know, come with me, blah 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 blah, and uh, and you know, a lot of them went with him. I mean, the Briscoes, fucking, he sucked them right in. You know what I mean? Way back. Nobody knew who the fucking Briscoes were until I did Brisco, Brisco uh, mm-hmm. way back when, but um, that's just to mention a couple and there's, there's been other ones. So it made it difficult. Yeah. He fucking, he paid them all, you know, a lot of money and then we made, made everybody think that you could get that kind of money anywhere that you work. So that made it, it, it more difficult than, uh, you know, to do shows and get certain guys and, and things like that. And, uh, but and he did it different than us. I mean, they were they were good at doing the internet thing. I guess you know, using the internet to their advantage. They would do, if I remember, they would do. You would if you went to a show and you didn't go on the internet, you didn't know what the fuck was going on because there was no storyline like at the show. They didn't like build anything in front of you. They built their stuff online, if I remember right. But it was working. It worked very well for them. You know what I mean? So um, he had he did something right but the money fucking that he put out and was given everybody to steal them away on them into leaving and going with him, Uh, that, that hurt the business in the whole, I think, you know what I mean? Because now everybody thinks they're going to be able to get that much money everywhere and it's fucking hard. Um, yeah. So that, that was a problem that, that was definitely a problem. And then, uh, you know, he, he, when he did the whole, the channel 10, you know, pedophile thing. That was it. I'm a dad. I'm not just a fucking wrestler or a promoter or whatever. I, you know, I'm a father. And and I actually went to a little radio show like yours, like you're, like you're doing, Frank Talent had. Remember him, the athletic commission guy? He had a little yeah. wrestling show in my town in Duffer. And I was riding down the road, and I heard on the fucking radio something about Feinstein and this and that, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, motherfuckers. I drove right to the fucking radio show at fucking – basically kicked the fucking door in, grabbed the microphone, and I started freaking out on the mic. I'm mean, like, John, stop, stop, stop. You know? And I'm like, this motherfucker, I said, he's a fucking pedophile. You're in here talking about this guy. Why are you even fucking talking about him? I don't understand right. why or how anybody could even do business with this fucking guy. I don't care that he got away with it. You know the Navy guy that was stationed down in Maryland? He didn't get away with it. it was different rules when you're in the military. That motherfucker got court-martialed, went to prison, and lost, basically lost his fucking life for going to pick up a, like a 14-year-old girl. And it wouldn't matter if it was yeah. a boy or a girl. You know what I mean? I had the transcript. The transcript was fucking faxed to me before it even was on TV. I read what was said between him and this kid. And, you know, with the joke out there, cause it's not even a fucking joke. Oh, I'll pretend you said 18. That's exactly what the fuck was said between them two. The kid said, I'm 14. I can get in trouble, you know. He says, you, you're 18. No, I'm 14. No, I'll pretend you said 18. I could get in trouble, you know. Like, that was the kind of shit that was on the transcript. Like, before it even hit the news, that was sent to me. Why? Because fucking Feinstein was fucking set up by somebody in the fucking wrestling business. It wasn't me. But he was set up for a reason. The guy's got a fucking problem. You're going around trying to fuck little boys. You you got a fucking problem. And using my business to do it, sending the kid pictures of you in the wrestling ring with belts and, you know, talking on the microphone, that's like you're using the fucking business that, you know, I'm in and I love, and a lot of kids love to fucking pick up little fucking boys. It's just, it's disgusting. And these other yeah. these people who do shoot interviews with him or buy his videos or do anything with him, its it just, it makes me sick. I don't know how the fuck they can do it.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, you know, I have a big problem with it again. You know, I'm I'm a father as well, and and I just, you know, there's some things across that line that I don't care how good of a product you put out or what you've done or whatever. I just, I can't get past that. It's not going to happen. I got into a whole thing with Nick Burke because Nick Burke's his buddy. And, um, you know, he's he sending me all these messages, uh, you know, defending the guy and talking shit to me. And I just, you know, it's it's not something that I'm saying just to say it. It's something that, you know, it's, if it was a garbage man, you'd have a problem with him, too. But all of a sudden, this guy's getting a pass because he used to run Ring of Honor. I don't understand.
3: This dude's a fucking scumbag, and he should have left to prison for what, it, what what he attempted to do. If Channel 10 did followed protocol and didn't have fucked up, you know, Channel 10 fucked up. They didn't follow the rules, did it, or else he would have been fucking... In jail for that but I don't even know if that would have made a difference Because these fucking people yeah, I don't
2: understand it Even if
3: he, he'd have came out of jail And they'd have still been fucking sitting in front of his RF Fucking video sign like that fucking idiot Fucking with the big smile on his face
4: I see you guys pop up online all the fucking time Unbelievable <laughs> um, So I uh, I to the next um, What um, There was a point where you seemed have lost interest your interest started to fade out and um you know started i guess lead to you wanting to sell the company you know what changed what was the the beginning of the end for you
3: i think age
4: getting older and
3: so many years of very stressful it was it was very stressful road it really was
2: i mean there was a lot of good
3: things happening over the years but it was very um, you know, worrying about anybody getting hurt all the time. Uh, you know, that's that's major. You know what I mean? That's, that's you know, you're there, and then to go out and want to put on a put on a match for yourself. In the meantime, worrying about what everybody else is doing and all it was it was a lot. It was a lot of stress. Uh, you know, I did the traveling early on. That was fucking stressful. I mean, there was a, there was a lot of stress. Um, you don't make a lot of money doing it. Uh, that, that's another. Thing. There's times in CZW where we have made a lot of money. There's times I I made like distribution deals where you know I made good money, or in Japan I made good money. When I traveled anywhere I ever went, I made money off of uh, merchandise, a lot of money overseas. So there was times when you made good money, but there's also times when I got fucked. I got fucked for fifty thousand dollars from one distribution deal. I got fucked for forty thousand dollars from another distribution. So they were out of the country, fucking company, companies. They came in. They come over here. They wine you. They dine you. Uh, you know they talk a big game. They get you to sign a contract, and then you know if something goes bad and you, and you want to take them to court, you got to go to fucking Spain. You know what I mean? Or
2: you can't no. sue them in the
3: United States because their companies in Spain or their companies in fucking Italy or Japan or whatever. And uh, so that's a. Uh, I think that's that's another thing. I got I get tired of getting hit with with uh, you know shit like that happening, and uh, so I I don't know. I just I I thought thought about the whole settlement getting out, but I wanted to sell it, but I wanted it to stay going. I didn't want to sell it. I, I didn't want it to, to somebody to end it or or squash it or turn it into something different type of thing. You know what I mean? I wanted to to continue. I always wanted to know this Chris Cash memorial. I always wanted to know that everybody involved in the family that was there always had a place, you know, to do what they do. And that, so I never put CW on the mark. I talked about it and then DJ mm-hmm. says that he he was interested. I, I think it might even have came by third party that said he was interested. And then uh, come to find out DJ's grandmother was land rich, I believe. Uh, and I don't even know if DJ's grandmother's still alive. If she is, uh, if she isn't, you know, I don't mean to talk about her. God bless her soul. Uh, and if she is, good for her. But anyway, uh, so supposedly she was had money or had some stroke where she could get him money to buy the company. So uh, I wound up selling to him. Uh, DJ worked hard training, you know, as far as CZW. He did love CZW. Maybe he still does, even though it doesn't look like he does. Um, he seemed like he'd be okay. I hoped that he would be a better promoter than a wrestler. You know what I mean? Because he's never really gotten over, as far as I'm concerned, as a wrestler. You know what I mean? I don't know if he's anywhere at this point. But uh, but he did agree to keep it what it was. You know what I mean? And it would stay and always be CZW. There would always be a best of the best or always be a cage of death. Like, the things that were built and what meant something to me over the years and all the people I wanted to keep in place, you know, that that um he, he agreed to all that, so it, it's I thought it was going to be a good thing. It sucked me walking away from it, but I didn't just dump the place and say fuck it or, or shut the doors. You know what I mean? So it kept going and it's still going. Yeah. So that part worked out. You know what I mean? So I yeah. guess if you got what I'm trying to say, but it was a multiple of reasons. It wasn't just it wasn't just one thing. You know, it, it really wasn't. And then uh, you know after that. I you know do I want to do I miss it yeah but yeah but you know and and then I had babies I wound up with a, a another woman a girl she was younger younger than me and I had a couple babies now over the years I got a two year old and my daughter just turned four last weekend and I got a two year old boy which is sitting on the couch with me right now sleeping on me while I'm talking to you um, right so now that's a whole other part of my life you know what I mean that's going on but I'm like Sitting here, I'm 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 older, but I'm not fucking I'm not Terry Funk, you know. I'm not Terry Funk though, you know what I mean. And I'm like I'm seeing these guys still out there doing things, and I'm like, actually Atticus brought it to my attention, and I'm sure you know Brian. He, sure. he just came to me multiple times over the years. You know, we we get together, we're like family. So. Although we ain't returned my calls over the past couple months. If you're listening, I don't know fucks up with that. You got my number. Um, <laughs> he he kind of got my wheels. He, he got my wheels burning. He was saying, dude, he says, people love you out there. You should still do this. You can still do this. You know, uh, CZW contacted me three months before Cage of Death, uh, last Cage of Death, because uh, Nikki was, you know, had his issues. Uh, you know, right. you do Cage of Death, and we I negotiated with Maven, and, you know, okay, yeah, we'll I'll do it, this, that, blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, oh, well. I can't, he's not going to do this, or anyone to change this. I went back and forth a couple of times I said, you know what, done. I ain't negotiating no more, I'm done. I'm not fucking doing it. Good luck. And that was it. So DJ's hard to fucking deal with. He's one of them, mm-hmm. me, 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 my way, I'll do it, I'll do it, whatever. But, uh, you know, obviously it's not working. But um, that was another thing that made me kind of, you were talking about why I got out. Now I'm going into why I I got the itch or whatever to come back. So this started, you know, between Brian and, and the CZW uh, wanting me to come back and do the Cage of Death, and and then, like I said, watching some. You know, I'm not a fucking computer guy. I never fucking been. I am still not a computer. I'm still not. I fucking play. I got a tablet. You know what I mean? I, I work. Right. I work off a tablet. You know what I mean? So uh, I I look online at these fucking dudes. I mean, I seen a picture of Dory Funk in Japan. He looked like he's fucking ninety years old. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh my god! I said, these fucking guys are still doing it. I I should be doing it. You know? So yeah. uh, that's that that's that's where the road back is,
4: uh, is coming from.
3: Probably to answer your next question. Probably. Yeah
4: um now you know since you've been away there's been a lot of people you know uh piping up and talking and giving their stories on on their side of things and what has happened um i don't know if you've you've seen the Ultraviolet round table that they did but um Beric sabato was the the um the one that did the most talking as far as you know his importance and um you know just really harped on how stressful it was for him and everything um you know, what was his role, and you know how how did you take that if you did hear anything about it?
3: His his role his role was so big and so important that I don't even remember. <laughs> so it sounds to me like it sounds to me like he was a fucking kid that was running his mouth for no fucking reason because there was I wasn't standing there. I don't know what was said. I never heard anything about this round table thing until it popped up online. One of the people on here said something the other day. Hey, did did John or did Zandig ever hear about? hear that, and I believe, did you chime back in and say something about, oh, you mean the old fucking Sabato or something? Is that, wasn't that a, right, a right. conversation online? Yeah, that's the yeah. only time I ever heard about it. So I assumed that this was going to come up, but no. I remember I, Sabato, I remember him being on the phone and maybe making contacts for me, and and, and I'm sure he did, did something. Over the years with CZW, there was, not to get away from the, the roundtable thing, but like I said, it was it was multiple people. It was never just me. It was always other people involved. Like, people will say, oh, fucking CDW didn't have wrestling until fucking Mike Burns started booking. Come on, you fucking stupid motherfuckers. You know what I mean? There's shit like that again. a matter of fact, I think that fucking idiot DJ made a comment like that. Mike Burns was one of, one of the people who, uh, still, I still talk to Mike. Mike's a good guy. Mike's nothing but wanted good for CZW or me, my family, or whatever. And uh, But Mike knew because of what he does, because of where he is and everywhere he was with his fucking video company, he knew the boys out there. I don't. I didn't know the boys out there. He also knew who the people talked about online, who the fans liked, who the fans wanted, who who would sell videotapes. More so, I think Mike booked around what would sell. You know what I mean? But sure. what would sell is also what people want to see, which is a good thing. It's a good combo. So if I have that, uh, if I have the luxury of having somebody like Mike's eyes out there doing, you know, what he does and it benefited CZW, then you know I. There you go. There's me once again using or working with. I don't want to say I don't want to use work using like I used Mike because it wasn't a using thing. It was us working together to, you know, create new things, new angles, you know, or whatever. But um, Mike was uh was one of those one of those people that, that helped out. Uh, mm-hmm. Sabato, you know, getting back to Sabato, he may have. You know, suggested maybe he was an online guy, he might have suggested different people. Didn't he referee for us as well? Right? He was a referee. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah,
2: so yeah. I, I really don't know. I
3: don't know what the stress was on Sabato. I, I have no fucking idea. I don't know what he's talking about. I have no clue. He would have to remind me, and then if he's a liar, I would tell him he's a liar to his face. He may say yeah. something that that, that I re, that I remember and say, "Oh yeah, I remember." I didn't know it was stressful. But But there was my two
4: favorite. uh, Go ahead. uh, My two favorite things he said in there were one that there was a day where you called him so much that he had an anxiety attack and had to go into the hospital. So that that was his one big selling point.
2: Who had an anxiety attack?
4: He did. He did because you called him too much. Yeah, that's what he said.
3: I don't know. I don't know what happened there because I'll be honest. I don't, I don't talk on the phone that much. I've been on this phone too long already with you, but uh, I, I don't know
2: what the fuck. He, I don't
3: know what the fuck he's talking about. Like I said, he's, it sounds to me like he's, I don't know. Maybe, you know, one of them guys trying to get himself over again. I don't, I don't understand.
4: Yeah. Um, another, another guy, I'll get off him. Another guy, um, that said a lot and try to make a name for himself off. Well, your name is, uh, oh, the Hellaware assassin. Um, He's he's just a goof He's just a
3: He's a He's a big kid He Lived with his Fucking grandmother Down in 30 Delaware uh, You know Lower slower Whatever the fuck You want to call it um, But <laughs> Everything you see him say Or hear Or whatever he writes Or gets online He must have to borrow Somebody's fucking tablet Or computer to do it Because from what I hear He's fucking handling out In California so Probably trying to make His way back to grandmom's himself i don't know but uh everything he says is just fucking bullshit he's cutting promos he's just again just trying to get himself over and I, I made a mistake and made a joke when i said <laughs> when i said fucking hellaware assassin is in the fucking tournament i shouldn't even have made the joke because that just gave him fucking ammo <laughs> to start running his fucking lips again i i just but i, I just thought it was funny uh so i threw it out there that's you know my sense of humor i guess it was bad, bad judgment on that part but everything he says is just bullshit i mean there was something said i i i give you there's one thing that he that he harps on i know he says, and i i didn't even his rant his last rant after that i had people calling me and tell me oh you got to see what this guy's saying i never know why i have no clue what he says but I do know he makes comments about, if it wasn't for him, there'd be no you. We would have never been in Delaware, blah, 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 blah. He had the connection to get the bar, I think, Racks down in Delaware. He knew the mm-hmm. owner from Delaware there or something. So he introduced me to the owner. So I made a deal with the owner to do X amount of shows down there. And I think he throws some number out there. What does he say? Fucking, he made me fucking... 20000 or 40000 whatever dollars in 15 minutes. Didn't, do you remember reading or hearing something like that?
4: Yeah, I only have pay attention to what he typed, so <laughs> I don't know. The well, he, he well, he made some kind of comment kind of like this. What I'm getting at, the only truth out of anything
3: that I know of that he said is the fact that, yes, he did have a connection down there. He came to me that said, I can get you in a bar. He introduced me. I met the guy. I made a deal with him. I did not make fucking the amount of money he said on every fucking show we did in that building. So he's a fucking liar when it comes to that. As far as him being a wrestler, he's not a fucking wrestler. He never, he was never trained right. The only time he was trained, he asked me to do a match with him and, C, him and Steve C. Steve C is a different yeah. level than, than him. They were buddies, but they're two total different people. They wanted to do a match. I said, I don't put nobody in the fucking ring with all we're doing. So. In return for him making the connection for me down there, basically as a favor, I didn't have to. I said, I will teach you two guys how to have a match. I will teach you enough to do a match. I said, this does not make you wrestlers, but I'll teach you enough to do a match. So I worked with them. They came up from Delaware, and I worked with them in the ring, and I showed them what to do, told them what to do, and I put a match together for them. And that was it. And I said, and that's that's all this is. It's a match. Just don't make you a wrestler. And Jesus Christ, I should have never fucking did that because he ain't
4: shut up since. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, back to you know someone who's tremendously relevant in CZW's history and um, you know you've known him since way back to the beginning of this. Nick Gage. Um, you know he went through some hard times. He gets locked up. Um, you were you know off the scene at the time. You know what was your thoughts on everything that's been going on with Gage? What do I think
3: about it? Is that what you you said? Yeah. It it sucks. uh, I don't... I'm not going to say I think good things about it because it's fucking, you know, the the kids, he's had major problems. I mean, uh, I'm going to assume that a lot of his problems came by way of drugs, maybe alcohol and drugs. I mean, you know, he's Mm -hmm. off the bank. I'm I'm not... exposing anybody it's no secret everybody knows it why did he rob a bank i don't to get money obviously did he need to buy drugs did the drugs you know force him to do it um it's horrible i believe it's all drug related if the drugs weren't involved i don't think uh any of any of it would have happened. that's the uh, and yeah. that's the the horrible part about the whole thing but you notice he comes out and the first thing he wants to do is wrestle Mm-hmm. Nicky knows nothing but wrestling. That's all he knows. Nicky's a wrestler, that's all he wants to be, that's all you know, I don't know if that's all he'll ever be, but that's you know, that's all he knows and that's all he wants to do and he loves he loves it. Uh so when he gets out in September we're probably gonna see him at uh what is the uh what the uh what do you call it there up in uh in Hal, New Jersey or at the VFW up there, um doing his uh, Nick Gage invitational. And I believe I believe right. he'll be out for it. And I just hope when he comes out this time that he stays uh, that he stays clean. You know, right. I, I believe it's I believe it's all drug related. If he can stay the fuck away from the drugs, I think I think he'll be okay. I mean, Nicky Nicky, great guy, great guy for the fucking business. I know the fans love him. You know, very respectful dude. You know, it's hard it's hard it's hard to see him even be in jail. He's such so quiet. And, on the contrary, the way he acts in the ring. He's just, you know, totally the opposite when it comes to when, you know, Mickey Wilson versus Nick Gage. They're like just two different people.
0: Right.
4: Um, You know, a lot of the, you know, alums in CCW over the years have have passed away, Um, you know, from Trent to JC to damage. um, You know, a lot of them have been since you've been gone. Uh, You know, what what have been your thoughts on all that? Because, again, I mean, it leads back mostly to the drugs. That's that's the that's the fucking problem.
3: It's, it's drugs. It's uh, you know uh, I, I heard something about Marvin, aka okay, brain damage. I heard he was going through a lot of pain. You know, it's something. I don't know. If, I don't know if he had an illness. If there was something wrong with him. You know what I mean? Other than the drugs. So I, I'm, I can't swear to it. And you don't quote me on it. I'm not trying to say act like I know everything, but. I know I was right. told that he was having some kind of major pain in his head, like headaches or some, you know, some kind of pain, and he just couldn't fucking take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as far, as far as he went. But, I mean, he took his own fucking life. That takes a strong person. Some people would say it's a weak person that takes their life. I think that you've got to be pretty fucking strong to be able to say, I'm going to do this and follow through and do it. Uh, so if he was in pain and they took the pain away, God bless. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe it wasn't the right way to do it, but if that's the way he wanted to do it. That's what he needed to do with the pain to go away. You know, and that's really what he wanted. You know, God bless, and uh, you know, there's no more pain. That's that's my way of being able to look at it and kind of accept it. You know what I mean? Even though it sucks that he's gone, you know what I mean? He was another one, another fucking down to earth, cool fucking dude. You would never know Marvin and brain damage were the same two people if you you know to sit down and talk to him. Yeah, for sure. And we got other ones, um, you know. And- we got J C we got J C. We all all know he had his issues in and out of, you know. I don't know if he ever did any kind of real long prison time. I think he did do a little stretch, but you know, in and out of the counties and uh it was drug related as well. I don't I don't know what it is with addiction, I can't tell you. I got a son that committed suicide with drugs over a girl, so I tell my babies that their brother died of a broken heart because Oh, he was in love. The girl was fucking cheating on him, or whatever, and he couldn't fucking take it. And he just kept taking pills until he didn't wake up again. And he wasn't a junkie per se. He smoked his weed type of thing, you know what I mean? And but he he took his life, and you know it's a horrible thing. But um, uh, yeah, I I shouldn't have I shouldn't have brought that up. But um, anyway, and then we got to get um, rent. Oh, he he was another one. Same same thing. Uh, came from, you know, South Philly. Uh, he lived with Pop-Up, you know. He loved his Pop-Up. He loved his mom. I don't know what the story was, but Trent's been living on the edge since he was a fucking kid. I mean, he must have been 12 years old out there at the wrestling ring the first time I ever seen him. You know, he might have been a little older, but he looked like a 12-year-old kid, you know what I mean, out there playing manager or, or whatever he was doing way back when. Uh but he's always been around. it. Another one, he loves the fucking game, but he don't know nothing. Well, I shouldn't say that. I know he plays some guitar. But um, wrestling's his thing. That's all he knows. He knows nothing but. There's nothing else going on. You're fucking now wrestling. You know, wrestling is normally on the weekends. So now, the fucking, now we got the whole week we got to get through. What the fuck are we going to do all week? I don't know. Maybe these guys feel like they got to get fucking high because they don't have wrestling, you know what I mean, during the week. I don't know, but. It's just horrible, and it needs to fucking stop. We got major, major problems, and not professional business is fucking everywhere with these fucking drugs. They're they're just killing everybody. All
4: right, now you know if you were if you were still running the company, would you have done something um, you know tribute wise you know towards Trent or something along those lines? Because I know you know you set up the thing for cash, and you know it's still going strong. And um, you know Trent was such a big staple of CZW as well. I mean, would it something have become like a yearly thing for you? They, did, Trent's mother didn't
3: want that thing in the beginning, and then I believe she okayed it. And DJ did he did do like a one time thing? I believe didn't they do a show for Trent when he passed? Um, like a fun, I like think a he kind of helped out, think,
2: but he
4: wasn't.
3: Okay. Oh, oh, it's Cashmere. It was, Cashmere. It was the, there, like there was that Cashmere Banner, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got you. I got you. Uh, yeah, so I know that happened, uh, but I know the mom in the beginning, like I said, she frowned on it because I had said something about it earlier on, and they didn't want to do anything. Um, but if I if I was still there, would there would definitely be something there. All it, it, there should almost be, you know, a, a trinacid cup type of thing, you know, something uh, something like that. As far as the hall of fame thing. I know that that's been brought up, and that's that, that's just a no-brainer that should have already been done already. I don't understand why it wasn't. I believe I heard something or read something that somebody was asked to accept it, and they wouldn't. They didn't accept it, so that's why it never happened. Well, how many years later is it now? Come on. Now. And I don't right. know who has went in over the past, you know, six years or whatever. It is. I don't know. I really don't know what he's done or who he's put in there. But there's no fucking reason why. Why Trent is
4: uh, is not in there because
3: Trent was definitely one of the uh, you know one of the greats from CDW.
4: Yeah, uh, the first the first one he did uh, put in under his watch because he left it alone for years, and then the first one he actually put in was himself. So. Are you fucking yeah, kidding uh, me? No, no, that's the, he did that you know as part of his he got to be a heel angle, and uh, yeah, he put himself in.
2: Okay,
3: he did he did he did the Vince or whatever. It, yeah. it it the the problem with that is with him, it doesn't fucking work. It didn't make him yeah. any more of a heel. It made him fuck made people not like him more. It made him look fucking like a jerk off. That's, mm-hmm. that's what he he You know I don't he doesn't get it. He's been doing it long enough now. He should know. People don't when when they're out there booing him, they're not booing him because. He's out there at, you know when Vince McMahon gets in the ring and he fucking, when he when he wants to be a heel, he does his little walk down to the ring and they boo the fucking hell out of him. Two weeks later, right. he'll come walking down normal and say two words and they're cheering him. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's being a heel and being a fucking babyface. Getting booed for fucking, you know, no matter what he does, he gets fucking booed. So he, he's not a heel, he's just unlike, nobody likes him. Get the fuck yeah, out.
2: Yeah.
3: Get out of the ring. Let the um, fucking boys do their fucking thing.
2: Yeah, that's the And by day. the way, he brought he brought
3: up something on your fucking on your show that I was told something about selling the Iron Man belt to uh give me money towards my son's funeral. Right. You recall that? Yep. Where the fuck yeah, did that come bad. from? But where where did that come from? If he did do that, thanks, bud. Appreciate it. But why did he bring that up?
4: No idea. Is he trying to humiliate
3: me or is he trying to put himself over? Because I'll be honest, I go to funerals more often than I want to sometimes. And when I go to a funeral and it's somebody who passed and I know it was especially when it's somebody young, it's sudden, there's no insurance for them or, or, you know, they need money. I go in, I take some money out of my pocket, I hand it to fucking somebody up in the front, I say, here, put this, you know, towards whatever you need, and you walk by. Give them a kiss and a hug and you get out of there. I don't, oh, a year later, two years later, five years later, go on a radio show and talk about, oh, I gave fucking Bobby Jones' his fucking mom $500 to help pay for a funeral. So where was, you know, I don't know where he was coming from with that. It makes no sense for him to bring that up. I actually should slap him, and I probably will. One, It's probably coming soon. I'm going to wind up fucking right. slapping this fucking guy one way or another. I don't know where that came from. Why would you bring, you know, do you know why it came up? What the
4: fuck, what, what the reasoning was? I think it was just linked to, because he was just throwing a lot of like random useless information, and, um, we were on the, tit- the topic of the junior title, and he had said that he sold that to pay for Masada's flight somewhere or something. And then I think he chimed in saying, "And I also, you know, the, the Ironman title was sold for this and this." And so I think it was linked to all of that. Got gotcha. you.
3: Hold on, second Yeah. So, you on there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I couldn't hear you. From
2: that. What's
3: going on? All right. So he he's, right. he's talking about what he was doing to uh to to make ends meet. Then maybe so maybe it wasn't a big a jerk off move as I thought, but it's just so weird that I, that that you know the way that came back to me, it was just you know kind of uh, the way I took it was like he was I don't know if he's bragging or trying to fucking like embarrass me or make me look bad because I, I don't it doesn't make me feel like anything. All I would say is thanks. I didn't know. Good for you. Great. All right.
4: Um, um, I um before in a I, I definitely I want to get into the uh the tournament you're running and everything. Um before I get into that because I, I think uh you know somebody else might want to call in too, but um I uh I want to get a promo out of you if you can. Um just basically, you know, John Zandig, you listen to the kick Radio, Finish off with the The Jesus You know The Classic John Zandig promo
3: What are you looking for? Like Welcome to uh, Yakuza kick radio Type of thing? Is that all you're looking for? Yeah Yeah
4: John Zandig Listen to Yakuza kick radio Maybe You know Finish it with the Iconic Jesus Jeep Uh, With Jesus Right Yeah right. You
3: Ready Yep,
4: whatever you want, man. This is John Sandy,
0: and you're listening to Yakuza Kit Radio. Jesus
4: <laughs> That's awesome, man. So yeah, um let's get into this tournament. Um I mean you got great, great talent book. How did this all come about?
3: How what? Say again, bro. This,
4: you know, you got this How tournament. How did the tournament, line, no.
3: did the tournament did... come about? Is that what you said? Yep.
4: Yeah.
3: Basically, you know, I told you earlier about getting the itch, about wanting to get back in, Atticus kind of putting it in my head, watching the old man on fucking, uh, you know, online. Uh, it just made me want to do it again. And, uh, DJ, you know, you may have seen me make some posts about making CZW great again uh, because they definitely need help over there. Uh, Me and him did sit down. We spent a couple hours talking. Uh, I don't know that it got exactly where I would like it to have gotten to, and maybe he didn't like where it was going. Uh, So it just wasn't jiving. I suggested a few things for him to do that would help. Uh, He didn't do what I suggested. Um, It got to the point I said, you know what, never mind, fuck it, I'll do it. And it was like, huh? And that's when I said, you know what, I'm doing it. it was right, I was already working on possibly doing a tournament. I didn't know if it was happening. I was working, uh, talking to a few different people. There, there's multiple promoters out there that contacted me, that want to do business with me, that want to do some things together. And uh, when me and him, we, you know, the button heads and him just thinking him, 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 you know what I mean, once again, trying to be bigger than the fucking company. I, uh, I you know I did a tournament. I'm not doing this tournament to hurt CZW. I, I wouldn't and any there's, I'm not out to do that. Fuck DJ, but I'm not out to fucking to hurt CZW. Um, I would I would still do whatever I could do to help and keep the CZW you know thing alive if I could. Um, but at the same time, I I needed needed to move through. And uh, what a better way to fucking get me back out there, get me in the ring don't know if I'm ready to do a whole tournament yet, to be honest with you, because I got to get in. I got to get taken some bumps. I got to, you know what I mean? I got to do what I do. I ain't been in there in a while. Um, although, sure. I will tell you this, if fucking somebody don't show up on June 5th, <laughs> you might be seeing me in this one. I mean, it, it, that could happen. But, I mean, I, I, I know me. I know the way I am. I know you. the show must go on. So, I mean, it's, you never, you know, like I said, you could see me in there. I got that little fucking, uh, that little jerk off I think he's one of DJ's boys actually That I call him fucking uh, Baby Joey uh,
2: yeah. He he was
3: running his mouth online And I saw it I have no idea who this fucking kid is But he's got some balls So
4: uh, I, actually, I started running um, my mouth. I, got, but, I got Joey calling in right now You want me to put him on?
3: <laughs> oh my god Are you kidding me?
4: Yeah <laughs> I, I don't care Put him on all right. There's the bad boy, Joey Janela.
2: Hello. How's
4: You're Bill kidding Joe? me, right? Can you hear me?
3: I, I fucking can hear, hear you. you. You're kidding me, right?
1: I just want to speak to my uh, my, my papa, my, my daddy, Zandig.
3: Your papa. Well, I'm busy with your fucking girlfriend, brother. No, 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 man. Yeah, you, got, you, you, talk yeah. A, you talk
1: a big game for an old man.
3: Let me tell you something, boy. You, you, you know the key word in that, that statement you just made? Man, you're not fucking with one of these little boys you, out, you roll around in the ring with out there. You know what I'm saying? I'm a grown motherfucking man. I got kids older than you. I'm going to make yeah. you, I'm going to fucking smack your ass like a fucking, you know, a bad boy needs to be fucking smacked. How many spinning clotheslines do you need to take me out? If I hit you with a fucking spinning clothesline, you wouldn't get back up. No, I just, I'll just i get right up, and then I'll throw you off the roof. Through uh, No, you're good. Yeah, hey, brother. Yo, I got the ladder. It's coming. You're going off the fucking roof.
2: You no, no. You show up no. at that
3: show. You show up at the show. You're going to be seeing high altitude. I guarantee you.
1: <laughs>
3: what I say, I guarantee
2: I'm doing it for DJ. Well, I guarantee
1: it. I'm doing it for stepdad DJ.
3: Absolutely. Fuck that motherfucker. <laughs> come on, come Bring on. Him with you. I'll throw him off the fucking roof too.
1: Come on, John. Calm down. Calm you down. I respect you. I respect you. I was sitting in the crowd. I was sitting in the crowd when you were running TDW I do. I 100% respect you. But when it comes to June 5th, I'm going to show up and I'm going to beat the fuck out of you.
2: You're
1: That's cute. it. No, do, you, me, you, do me a favor.
3: Do me a, do me a ask, favor. Ask bring your Vicky, girl ask with. Vicky, yo, Vicky, yo, bring him, our girl with on, you.
1: Call him on his uh, call him on his uh, jailhouse payphone and and ask him ask him if the bad boy's legit. Call up that butcher. Ask him if the bad boy's legit. Call up Scott Summers. Ask him if the bad boy's legit. I'm I'm 100% fucking legit, and I'm not I'm not afraid of you. I you know I I respect you, but you know your reputation is, is far past. It's fucking it's my time. That's it. June fifth. You better bring it. you better fucking be yo a yo yo, yo young boy,
3: you're 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 the flavor of the month. I just I need a warm up before I go into my next fucking tournament, brother. That's all you are. You're you, not you but a warm dip? up for me. You're nothing you're, you're, but a warm up your for fruit me. Nuts. You're eating your fruit and nuts. I'm a, I'm a warm up with you and you know what? I might even just throw myself in the tournament after I get done warming up with you.
1: You, and then you're you'll, really be back in, you'll be
3: back in the fucking, you'll be back in the front row watching again.
1: Doing those tricep extensions. Come on, John. You better be in shape, brother. I'll blow you up in about three minutes.
3: Like I said, when you show up, br- bring our girl with you.
1: I'll bring her with me.
3: Yeah, you bring bring our girl. with Make sure you bring our girl, because I'm gonna need I'll something to, to do after I'm nice done massage, with the massage.
1: After I beat the shit out of you, throw you off the roof to a roof uh, through a piranha tank. Uh, a flaming piranha tank.
2: <laughs> Shit. Flaming piranha oh tank. I, I,
3: I think, yo, yo, yo he's, cho- he's choking over here. This fucking kid's choking. Get him up here. Yo, show up I'm with our choking. girl. I'm
1: not choking. Come on, show,
3: show, up with a, show up with our girl. Bring your fucking A game because you're going to need it. And you might want to bring a fucking parachute because you are going to see high altitudes, and I guarantee that. John, going make you look get rid good of
1: him,
4: Chad. I'm done, I'm done I'm make with make you look
3: bit. real good, John. All right, Joey, bitch, man. Uh, get him off the fucking air.
4: I'll talk to you soon, Joey. So there you go, man. Uh, he talks a big talk, and you know we know what you're capable of, John. So you know he's got his work cut out for him. Come June fifth.
3: Where are we going to be, man? You got you got the info. You tell the people where we're going to be at.
4: You're going to be in GameChanger.com. Uh, how, game, yeah, GameChangerWorld, uh, GameChanger.com. Is that the website?
3: Yeah, that's Please, the website.
4: The address, 798
3: Route 9 South in Howell, New Jersey. Let me tell you a big fucking plus to this. This, this is an inside tournament that you don't usually get to, you know. We sure. so don't have to worry about fucking rain. We ain't got to worry about fucking snow in June in New Jersey. You know how it is with the weather in New Jersey. We don't have to worry about it being 100 fucking degrees outside because we got ice cold fucking air conditioning. Bring your own fucking beer. You know, we don't have to worry about none of that shit. We're fucking inside, no rain, no hot temperatures, air conditioning. Bring your own beer with a fucking lineup of fucking dudes like I got lined up on this fucking show. If you're a fucking wrestling fan and you don't show up here, there's fucking something wrong with you. I'm telling you right now, this is going to be... One of the best fucking tournaments of all time. I'd like to say I would like to have some of the older CZW guys in this. It would be fucking awesome. Didn't happen this time. But it might happen the next time.
4: Yeah. Lineup-wise, I mean, you got dream matches lined up already, like Scott Summers and um, and Joker. I mean, those are two bad motherfuckers. Um. Yep. Dream match. I mean, it's never been done before, and you know you've been gone all this time, and just that that quick, you pop up and put together a match that nobody else has put together. Um. You know, you got that. You got um. Bryant Woods and Masada. Ultra-violent beasts, A lot of people. A lot of regime. people are looking down. A lot of people
3: are not. They're counting out this wood. This I'm telling you, this kid's got something. He's got no fucking fear. He he hasn't been around as long as fucking Masada. This kid, I, I don't know. He, he he could be a fucking sleeper, man. This motherfucker, he might take this whole thing. Masada better fucking you know, he better do his fucking homework. I think he may have worked this kid somewhere else, but he's never worked him up in this area, so it's gonna be a big treat, I think, for everybody up you know up in our area. Uh, but I, I think I'm I'm expecting big things out of that fucking match.
2: Yeah. Uh
4: so then, you know, besides that you got John Wayne Murdoch, you got um who else you got? You got Marcus Crane and um shit slipping my mind now. You got um you got two more. Fuck. Come on
3: man, do your fucking homework.
4: <laughs> I just don't have it in front of me. I know it in the tournament. Um shit. Yeah, oh, Marcus goodness. Green, uh, you got Viking. I, yeah, Who, got, who got, else got, we got. We got the
3: we got we got we got the Brighton Canada. The Vikings yeah, Viking and you got Danny
2: Havoc. You
3: got Danny Absolutely. Havoc,
2: yep.
4: Yep, yeah, that's that's so,
3: we know Danny
2: there. Havoc um, is, is, is
3: Danny Havoc is born and bred CZW. So we know everybody knows when Havoc gets great is green, you fucking you're gonna get great things.
4: Yeah, it's going to be crazy, and um, I haven't seen Viking in quite some time. I think he's been retired or something, right? And he just returned? He, he
3: took some time off, and and he's back, and he's fucking very excited about coming in and doing the show. I'll be honest, that's one of the big things about the show. It, it almost reminds me, you know, from talking to these guys, they're, it, it's almost, you know how you were talking about the hunger of the young CZW guys back in the day, and, 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 and I said how they were, and we were a family, and and they they were, like, out to prove themselves, like, to, to ECW. That is what it, kind of what it was like. Talking to these guys, you know what I mean? Even though some of them have been around for a while, they are all so excited to be part of this fucking tournament. It's almost like they all – it's like, you know, a kid in a candy store. It's like they're going to get to fucking prove themselves all over again. And they all know it. They know that there's fucking top talent here. They know me. I have respect for them. They have respect for me. Uh, you know, I'm coming back, and they're the chosen few. You know, they were the first chosen few, and I think they know that. And I think it's just going to make them work twice fucking. Not that they don't work hard already, cause like I said, I have a lot of respect for all these guys, or else they wouldn't even be in the tournament. But I believe that sure. they're going to fucking work harder than they ever did. I think this fucking tournament is just going to be off the hook. Yeah. Um, now,
4: you know, another guy who's, who's run a lot of mouths, uh, he's on hold now. Again, I mean, it's a completely on you. He's he's run a lot of mouths, and um, he he's a big guy on the scene right now, Chris Dickinson. Um, if you want to talk to him, I can put him through.
3: I already told him to buy a ticket.
4: <laughs> he can buy a ticket. Do you want to hear what he's got to say? He
3: he can run his mouth if he wants. This is, this is the bodybuilder, right? Yep.
2: Okay.
3: Yeah, I, I really have no clue who the fuck he is. So I right, put him on. All right,
4: you're on, Chris.
0: Well, uh, first of all, I want to talk about the first time I really experienced John Zandig myself, because I wasn't a big CZW fan. I had gone to some shows, but I wasn't a big fan of it when I was uh, going to indie shows. But it was at this time I I think I'd worked for CZW when I first started. And I think you, John, were wrestling brain damage, the guy brain damage. And I was uh, on the show or a pre-show where there was a double shot with somebody else. And I, did, and I watched you, and everybody was just talking about how tough this guy was, this guy brain damage or whatever. And I, I just was like, okay. You know, and then you came out, and you had already, already done at that point. DJ had already owned the company. And I watched this guy, just cower in fear to you. You kicked the living shit out of that guy. It was like a, but you just, you, you fucking knocked the shit out of him. I mean, to me, it looked real, and I really enjoyed it. But what I really enjoyed the most was how I watched you go to the backstage. You were bloodied or whatever, from whatever gimmicks you guys did. You got your money from DJ, and then just, you didn't even put your shirt on. You just got in your car and drove away and left. That day, I said to myself, "One day, I want to have a fist fight with that guy." And uh, if you're going to be wrestling again, I don't know why you're
3: wasting your time wrestling guys like
0: George and Ella. I mean, uh, it's 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 not a it's not like a. If you're listening,
3: hey brother, if you're listening to the radio show, he's nothing but a warm up. Been out of the ring for a while, you know what I mean. I got to get in there, and I got I got to get get back in and take some bumps. So. I'm going to slap that kid around. He wanted to run his mouth. I'll start with him. And then who knows? You might be next. Dude, I'm just saying right now, I want
4: you
0: 100%. No gimmicks. I don't want no fucking stupid sharp object bullshit. I just want your fist because I saw you, man, and I saw that you fucking like throw down. And that's what I like to do. I wrestle all those fucking guys, all you little deathmatch jabroni guys, and all of them one by one, they all fall down. I wanna see if you're for real. I know you're a little older. I know you may not you may not pack the same punch you did, but I think you do got a pair of balls and I wanna see what you're all about. When you feel like you're ready, you know, I'm not no fucking bodybuilder, all right? Just get that straight. I'm not a bodybuilder. All right? You could ask about me. There's a lot of guys that wish they could have did something. I don't about know you,
3: me. I don't need I don't know you, I don't need to ask about you, but I'll tell you this right. You get but in the I'm ring with saying. you get in the ring with me, you wanna throw punches with me? We tape the hands up. We put some fucking glue on, and we get glass.
0: You a fucking glass. You want you, you, you really want to want fight with glass. me? We'll do
3: a Taipei <laughs> when when the time's right. We'll do a Taipei death match. You want to fucking Taipei throw hands? We'll, we'll throw hands with glass. Bro. I you, you, all
0: I need to do is come to the show and fuck you up in the goddamn locker room. What do you mean? Like throw hands with glass? Like that, that, would, be shit that would be the biggest mistake. That would be the
3: biggest. That would be the biggest mistake of your life. I'm gonna tell you the same thing I told you when you were online running your mouth. Buy a mm-hmm. fucking ticket. You want to come to the show? Buy a ticket. I'll be there. Yeah, buy a ticket.
0: The same company that's helping you buy a you fucking ticket, brother. Tournament. Buy a same ticket. Hang up on this kid, J-Cat. I'm years, done with it. Buy a fucking whatever ticket. Whatever the hell they've been doing. So, All
3: right. Like, buy a knows. ticket. <laughs> just, just buy a ticket.
4: All right, man. That's, a, that's the last call we're taking. Um, look, man, uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on. If there's anything else you want to put out there, promote. Um, I'd love to have you back on in the future. I I could talk to you for days, man. I tried to condense as much as I could into, you know, into into one space so I could just talk to you. I mean, you're you're my number one, you know, guest that I wanted for years and years. I've been doing this for six years, and um, you know, I just wanted to be able to get you on. You're, you know, what a lot of people talk about as far as ECW with their, you know, their love for it and being there. That's what CZW was for me, and the, and the old CZW. So you know, again, right. I gotta thank you for that. And um, you know, anytime, man, I'd love to have you back. I could, I could write another two pages of topics and chop it up with you, man.
3: Got you, brother. Well, let everybody know. Keep, keep talking all month. I want fucking. We're looking for a full house at this fucking tournament. Like I said, if these people don't, people don't show up in Hal, New Jersey, there's fucking something wrong with them. I don't think it's gonna be a problem, but uh, it don't hurt. The more, the merrier. Dickinson, he shows up, he'll get knocked the fuck out. Joey Janelli, you're going from fucking high altitude, so bring a fucking parachute. DJ Hyde, you're getting slapped. One way or a fucking other, you're getting fucking slapped. I don't like the way you're running the company. I don't like the shit you talk about, and I think you're a fucking liar. Feinstein, you're a fucking pedophile. Stay the fuck away from me. Stay away from little fucking kids. I'll break your fucking neck. Anybody else, Jacob?
2: Yeah, man.
4: He <laughs> like said, "It's it's the floor is yours, man. If there's anybody else you want to shoot on, you have at it. But otherwise, man, again, thank you for coming on, and um, any any time, bro, I'll I'll be there front row, and um, I can't I can't wait, man. This show is gonna be amazing. I'm gonna give you this for old time's sake.
2: Cz fucking W.
4: All, all right brother. john take care good luck so there you go there was none other than the ultra icon john fucking zandig um uh, you know dream come true for me to be talking to that guy and um i hope everybody enjoyed it you know like i said i tried to cram as much as i could into, you know a, a two-hour space just under two hours uh which is which is a lot for a guy who uh you know, really wasn't an open, public guy. He didn't know what a podcast was or any of that shit. And, um, you know, I, I can't thank him enough for giving me just shy of two hours. So, um, again, um, you know, thanks, thanks, John. And, um, you know, anybody, you know, listening, definitely thank you. Um, I'm going to try to fit in a small show. I got a bunch of shit to talk about, man. I, I fucking did my, my uh, Spartan Sprint over there in City Field. Uh, this Saturday I got fucking – I got the Spartan Beast going on. I'm supposed to shoot ringside for Jersey All-Pro, which I'm going to try to do following my Spartan Beast. So I got a lot to talk about, man. China died, Prince died. I want to, I'm wanna, i going to cover all of this stuff and give it a little bit of time. So I'm going to try to get a show in, whether it's Friday night or something, just throw down a straight hour, just bullshit talking and you know, trying to cover some of the things I've been doing. I want to leave this, uh, this interview kind of standing by itself. And uh, just like I did the DJ one last week, and then, you know, like I said, I'll check on you guys, you know, in a couple of days, you know, whenever I can fit it in between now and the weekend. So, um, like I said, thank you for listening. Check out Sports Den. Those guys are over there talking all sorts of sports stuff. The fucking draft goes down tomorrow night as the NFL goes. So, you know, shit, that there'll be that to talk about too. Um, like I said, um, that's it, man. You know, you know what it is. Talk to you next week. Peace. We're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You know why?
0: You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me.
2: You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what well, I make you good? You're not good.
0: You just know how to hide. I lie. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I
3: always tell a
0: Even when I lie.
2: So say goodnight to the bad guy.
1: I'm going to tell you something straight off the motherfucking breath. I ain't coming for no food sir.